What's up, people? Much love to you. It is Thursday, noon. We on 88.5 FM, so that means you rocking with Ergo Radio. I am Damon. I'm Kiss. Damon, what is Ergo? What is Ergo? Oh, man, it's a uh, it's a showcase, a platform for strong young voices <laughs> from Chicago and beyond. No, really what we do is, is chop it up with dope-ass people and have dope-ass conversations, man. If you're not hip to it at this point, um, that's respectable. Like, I understand, you know, it's, it's no hard feelings. But I would recommend uh, you go to ErgoRadio.com. And, and, and check out check out the SoundCloud, man. Check out the podcast. We yeah, got some dope people. Yeah, you can always hear us loud right here, live right here on uh, WHPK 88.5 on the south side of Chicago. And, of course, every episode as a podcast, SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, we're very excited to be back here. We have a very special guest here in the studio right on time. But before we get to that, as always, a couple community announcements. Um First off, Dan, you want to start? Yeah, yeah, today, you should know, today is um, the 19th and, right? Yes. <laughs> today is May 19th. I'm sorry, I'm delirious. But uh, today is Say Her Name. It's a National Day of Action um, centering the, the state violence and also uh, interpersonal community violence that happens to black women and girls and femme-identified folks um, all over the country in multiple cities. There will be actions and events and teachings um, around the gender violence and, and, and the patriarchy that we experience, especially um, as black people within, within our community. So as we are fighting for black lives, we also need to make sure that we center um, and, and, and support the, the, the harm and traumas that happen to to black women. So here in Chicago, there are going to be a few things going on. Stay in tune uh, with BYP100's Twitter page to get all the details. Twitter at uh, BYP100. BYP underscore 100. Ooh, the underscore, underscore game. game. Crazy. How do you feel? We're going to get to, that's going to be our first question when we introduce you. <laughs> How do you feel about the underscore? So it, just, is, it is a highly debated topic so on the show. So percolate on that yeah, for a think minute. Think about it. The, <laughs> the other couple of things uh, tonight, uh, after those actions across the city, the recurring uh, jam night put on by Sticks of Social Experiment. I think it just sold out, um, but I got my ticket, so I'm going to be up there. It's going to be really fun. I think Rick Wilson, Ergo alum, will be performing. Also, uh, tomorrow is Demo Day. Um, Dominique, who was killed by a taser by the CPD, was it two years ago? Mm-hmm. To, um it galvanized a lot of the folks we've had on the show to step into organizing and all the way to Geneva and a lot of the stuff that we talked about. Um, and they're doing a day of remembrance. You can find it on Facebook, Demo Day. Also, uh, the biggest one, and this is, we'll be announcing this shamelessly for the next month or so. On June 17th, we are doing our second We Go Chicago Showcase and Celebration hey, good time. up at the Silver Room. We get a bunch of the folks we've had on the show together in a room. They perform together. We have community organizations come through and talk about what they do and fundraise. We'll have food, drinks, uh, pop-up art gallery, all kinds of stuff. It's going to be great. June 17th, find the info. Uh, there's a Facebook event page for it. We'll also tweet it out. And yeah, that's pretty much all we got. So... I'm very excited to have our guest uh, today. Shawnee Crow is here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You heard that, like, the pregnant pause in there. I let it just sit for a second. Um, We'll we'll talk about everything you do, but before we get to that, let's do the most important thing. Very important. How do you feel about the underscore? Um, Underscores. Um, (laughs) Underscores make things a little tricky sometimes, especially if they're at the beginning of, uh, like, a a name. Mm. Because sometimes you just remember the name and you don't Mm. remember the underscore. And it will totally throw off your search. I don't understand why search engines aren't, uh, you know, as sophisticated to be able to be like, oh, they forget the underscore and to give you the options. That's true. That's true. But it is cool because if someone already took your name, (laughs) 
then you can, you know, still have it in a way. Or if like the the words need a pause, right? Yeah, like, what yeah. If they, they don't make they sense do together. Serve, so. It serves as a, a comma where there can't be a comma. So. All right, see, man, <laughs> where there can't be a comma, we put the other story. All right, we could. I guess we could really talk about that all hour, but we can move <laughs> in a different direction. So you know, I, I've been thinking a lot recently about. Yeah, you know, I, I feel very fortunate that I don't have that many regrets in life. But one of my real regrets is that I did not get to the gallery to see oh. the uh, exhibition while it was up. Uh, your project braids. What, it just came down a few days ago, right? It just it actually came down from its original location um, at the end of the month, last mm. month. Uh, I had a closing reception on the 30th, and then I, I took it down, I think, that following Tuesday. But if you missed it, it's actually at Yo-Yo Salon currently, and that is a salon in the Wicker Park area right off of the Dan Ryan. So it's really convenient to get to, and it's a super cool salon uh, owned by my friend Yolanda. And that's 1026 uh, North Milwaukee Avenue. Cool. So I can continue living without regrets. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can see it. So for for folks who haven't seen the pictures, even though they've been, it feels like all over. They have. um, (laughs) Yeah, in kind of an amazing way. What? How would you describe the project? What's the like the pitch that you've had to say a million times in interviews? (laughs) Well, braids really um, is a visual ode to um, I think an underappreciated art form Mm. and a skill that I've had for my whole life, but didn't really uh, include it as a part of my artistic repertoire because mm-hmm. I'm a I'm an interdisciplinary artist. I do other things within the arts, all types of arts. I usually start with a concept and then I use um, kind of like all my skill sets to bring it to life uh, however I think best. But um, really, it's it's a, a, a series of black and white images, um, all uh, braids that have been braided by me, conceptualized by me, and then they, they were also photographed by me. So it's a total, it's a, a project that's been in my hands totally um, and it feels good. It's like a baby. It's like my baby. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's like it's like beautiful and striking. Um, and so, is this something you just like naturally from like a million heads in, in your your living room? The, the skills you got because it feels very like <laughs> diasporic and like intentional. And feels like the designs come from a very specific history and legacy. Or is this just something that like through through experience over time you've just developed this style and aesthetic with 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 first of all using hair as an art form because i don't i feel like that is under utilized or underappreciated at least over here uh so yeah where, where, where did that like ability to do such intricate work come from well um for me i've been braiding since i was a kid and it started from just the interest in wanting to braid um i revered braiding as something that was cool it was like a big girls club type thing because mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. older cousins that i looked up to braided hair they would do my own hair do my hair and then my aunts would do my hair and uh it was you know a ritual every two weeks you know, a part of the culture of a lot of black women, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's been something that, um, from my interest, I started to develop. And then when I got about um, 10 or 11, I started to practice on my own hair. And I started to do my own hair ever since then. No one really does my hair other than me. So it's cool to have that in my own hands. And then to be able to also use my skills to help beautify uh, numbers, numbers of women. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know how many people's hair I've done over the years, <laughs> yeah. but so many. So- but the inspiration for the actual mm-hmm. project comes from um, a lot of concepts that I have in my mind. Like another thing that I do is draw and I do a lot of like design and pattern work. Okay. So it's um, a lot of patterns and um, and things that are, that are just in my mind, but also influenced by a number of um, um, traditional African braid styles, a lot of uh, African artifacts, 
um, the first one of my pieces to sell actually sold to um, Dwamina Drew from Instrumental, who mm. was on your show. <laughs> and that one is called Shake Array, and it's um, definitely modeled after the instrument Shake Array. So, uh, true. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I see that now. That's dope. <laughs> he, he's setting a precedent for art collectors. He, his Instagram is like all these pieces he's accumulated. I'm like, damn, all right, I got to step my game up. Yeah, he has good. a crazy collection. Yeah, he it almost exceeds <laughs> his well. ability to display it. <laughs> Like, he has so much great stuff. Yeah, nah, he's the man. You said yeah. literally flexing? Yeah, you know, he's a small dude. You know <laughs> He literally be, be flexing. But it's interesting because, like, I, I, as I was hearing you tell that, that story, like, I mean, I, I feel that we're pretty close in age. So, like, when, when we grew up, I think, I think historically, at least in America, like, braids were, like, in the heyday, that was like the the, yeah. like the high point of like Absolutely. like having fresh braids. And there were was even like the the move, you know what I'm yes. saying? To the point where there were like uh, two songs at least made about braiding. Mario braid my hair, and then that we other R. Kelly song where okay, we have a, we, we have, have to a, stop right now. We, we have a firm uh, no R. Kelly policy first. <laughs> oh, okay, but no, no, no all, I feel you. For, do you for know that what the song that we have queued up is for you? I bet it's Mario braid. Well, my we're hair. gonna go right to it. <laughs> yeah, we'll be right back. We're, we're, we're here for the people y'all this is ergo radio i hope y'all that y'all enjoy this and y'all remember where you were when you first heard it's oh excuse us it's mario now mario. <laughs> yes like midway through you went from mario to mario so mario break That's my ridiculous head. here on ergo whpk when you look at me i know you see a 15 year old getting his dough back and forth to the studios hopping out limousines rocking the latest jeans jordan fresh t-shirts new and even though these things are true it's hard working sometimes i just wanna go home and tell my girl to pray my hair come on and the case all i'm saying is my body gets weak my mind gets tired i need sleep sleep but i gotta keep traveling on the road doing these shows yeah it's the rules of the game that i chose to play but sometimes i want to say baby won't you break my hair come on and break my hair Take it slowly, front to back, side to side, crisscross. Get creative with it, girl. Do your thing. Put it down like you love me. Let your fingers do the walking and your lips do the talking in my ear. Tell me what I wanna hear. I swear I 
classic ballad that that <laughs> spiritual soul song oh my god where just, did that place you right now it made me think about uh oh what was that late elementary school early high school made me think about dance groups and blades Ooh. like when everybody Ooh. used to oh yeah. wow uh, you can't yeah. see what i'm doing yeah, but, but you would have your t-shirt and you like roll it up <laughs> yeah to like, right, 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 right up, up your belly. and then everybody would be hitting the body roll and then doing this these crazy orchestrated like juke moves so. <laughs> Man. What a time, huh? Yeah, fond <laughs> memories. <laughs> uh, so I want to, y- you talked a little bit about um, kind of the ritual uh, that you, and, and I could see kind of like that nostalgic look in your eye talking about the ritual of burning. Just for, how, how would you describe kind of the love that was in that room, those rooms or like what it felt like to be in those rooms? And are there any other spaces for you now that feel kind of similar? Or how do you try to create that same kind of feel? Uh, there's definitely a lot of love in the room uh, for me because I was with my family and we have a really large family, not my immediate family, but my uh, extended family uh, with aunts and uncles and cousins. It's very, very large. So we spent a lot of time together and that was just really homey and lovey and um, people really taking, putting that effort into making sure that you look good. It's really, um, I think that there's a lot to be said about that because I think that it deter- it definitely affects the outcome in my opinion. When you really care, it shows in the outcome. Yeah. Um, so let's 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 get a little biased of where you're. You're from the city, right? Yeah, I'm from Where'd the you south side. Um, yeah, I'm south side. I grew up two places. The first half of my life, I grew up in the neighborhood that's affectionately titled Terror Town mm. on uh, 80th and Essex, and then from there I moved to 70th and Kimbark, and then I've lived there ever since. So I'm not far from here. True, true. <laughs> east side. So like, yeah. there's kind of been like a. Uh, you know, with especially like with with I think social media has been a part of it, but then also just like the political changes that have been happening. That there's been like a, a difference in identity and identity politics, um, and like the the association, especially in like that 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 nostalgic era we're talking about, like what was associated with braids and braiding. Um, it was usually like a criminalized impoverished male yeah. and in the, in the feminine part it was you know it was um be like fast or like who to you like you know yeah. and so ha- have Not you seen in like your life as like the world is changing a, a, a difference in response to like physical appearance and like hair as like a, a form of agency that has like uh, changed culturally as you're doing this or work? resistance absolutely yeah. um well I mean, I don't I don't think that braids at that time were necessarily associated with being like a hoochie, except for, you know, the depictions in like Friday where you have the mm-hmm. girls with the box braids and the mm-hmm. long nails. Or at like, least not professional, their, right? Like you right, definitely, get a job, definitely like a seen job. as ghetto or not professional. Um, I think that now there's a shift kind of uh 
uh, kind of like on two levels. On one level, you have the natural hair explosion, natural hair movement, mm-hmm. with a lot of uh, black women just wearing their hair in its, in its natural state or just, uh, you know, getting rid of chemicals and stuff in their hair, no longer relaxing their hair, um, accepting the challenge of being themselves, which mm-hmm. is really <laughs> like a step that you have to take. It's really a bold step. Especially when you've been shamed for, um, you know, your hair in its natural state. Black women are the only people that have to change themselves to be considered acceptable uh, mm. by most people's standards. Just because, you know, I don't know, your hair doesn't grow out of your head straight. I don't think it should be straight. I think if you choose to straighten it, that's fine. Sometimes I wear my hair straight. Not very often, but, mm-hmm. you know, but I love my hair the way it grows. And I'm always going to try to um, wear styles that, that where I don't have to manipulate it or change it. In any way, I'm just using it to create something new and cool. Yeah, but so, then I oh sorry. no no, no, no. <laughs> this is for you. Your, but, uh, your time, <laughs> time. <laughs> we can also just leave. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, also, it's braids. I think are more acceptable because white women are wearing them. Mm. It's big on the fashion scene, so it's it's acceptable. And it's as a, a young hip um, white girl, you may want to wear some braids and be edgy and cool. And that's why it's becoming more acceptable because you may see your daughter with it and you know that she, uh, you know, that she came from a respectable home and Mm -hmm. she's no one that's going to threaten you and she has cornrows, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's unfortunate. But I mean, I think that it, I mean, I feel a lot of different ways about it, but I think that anybody, everybody has a right to wear their hair the way they want to. But I don't like when, when people um, just don't really consider the full story. Mm -hmm. That's all. You got to kind of do your research when you choose to take on mm-hmm. something I, I would love to hear just like if you have and we, and we could like very soon start talking about other things besides braids <laughs> and hair I mean, I don't <laughs> but, mind. i'm here for but, it <laughs> but like i mean i want to also like know who you are yeah. right uh but but like there's just one thing that i just gotta like get off my chest because this is actually like as i'm talking to you i didn't realize like how like kind of personal emotional this was for me so my, <laughs> my og right like my mom uh like my, my biggest like prepubescent struggle with her for like multiple years was like me trying to get braids like when i was like eight through 11 or something uh it is it, like a lot of it because like hip-hop and like i really want to be little bow wow like bow wow was like, oh, wow. like bow wow was like four years older than me so when he came out he was like 12 13 i was like eight or nine i was like oh man i want all the girls like bow wow and i want right. to rap and i want you know his braids are beautiful too right he had immaculate braids mm-hmm. he had that one video where he like he was the first one i saw with like that was boxy braids little bow wow was a big brother figure for sorry I didn't- <laughs> 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 and, and so like and like it, it got to a point where like, i was asking for braids she'd be like no 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 and she would use like my pri- like my school is like they wouldn't let you and uh, then like in summertime she like like flat out said like no i don't want you looking like a project kid or you know like all these things like you won't be able to get a job when you get older like the like forced haircut fade like lining look is like the respect like she was real big on respectability politics when i was yeah. younger because my dad was from the street she was like kind of more churchy uh so she didn't want me to be like my father in some ways i'm learning now so like ha- have you seen especially since like braids haven't really come back for dudes yet there's the locks now but like what is like kind of your perspective as you, you it seems like you're using it as a uh, empowerment tool with black De- women absolutely uh, an empowerment the, tool. Wh- where do you see any gender difference or, or um, in it? Well, I just wanted to say that, um, I, unfortunately, and it's not unfortunately, it, it's a good thing, but it's um, definitely a thing. A lot of black people um, feel charged to kind of protect their children from mm-hmm. that type of persecution. Mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. You know, so your mom, although she probably doesn't even have a problem with braids for real, she just has a problem with the association and she wants to protect you from yeah. that. But it just seems like, why do you have <laughs> to go that far? Yeah. 
you know, and I think now we're at a point where it's um, easier for people to be themselves and to accept other um, perspectives and other styles. Um, and at the same time, you have an emerging, uh, you know, group of bigots, too. I mean, it's just yeah. it's a time of uh, a lot of different perspectives. Yeah. Everybody's being loud about what they want to do. Mm. But speaking of black men, my brother, he always had like his hair is naturally blonde. He's uh, almost your complexion, honestly. And he just um, at one can't point he grew his <laughs> yeah. For those who he's, can't see, yeah, he's a very kind of really fair, and he has blonde hair naturally. And I, he grew his hair out, and I braided it, and people started to treat him differently. He said some mm. lady walked past him, was clutching her purse, mm. like you know, went from the the Justin Timberlake curly look to the braid look, and it kind of totally changed his perception. So mm. that's a very real thing. Yeah, different R and B singer. Yeah, so yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. Like that, that like internalization of like, for me, like I had to realize I had to perform like a certain type of like social identity, at least to be accepted in, in my household. Yeah, and then like in the, the larger in the world, of being safe in yeah, the world. And, yeah, and and, and it, like it's something I've still I'm trying to unwind of like you know appearance. So so I appreciate that perspective. And I think that your the project actually is an amazing tool in that because there's this like epicness of scale and uh, the it just it creates you know I've heard you use regal as a term for it, but yeah. it's this grandeur and this like yeah it's like majestic is the way I would describe it and I know it's tough to describe this on radio um, <laughs> but definitely like go online and 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 head to the to the to the shop where they're up now. Um, Follow her on IG, Crowzilla. Hey, that's the way to do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, Crowzilla, C-R-O-W-E-Z-I-L-L-A on Instagram. But I think like the 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 scope or the the feeling that it creates, which is this like, it's not just uh, like I can wear it how I want. It's like there's this this majesty and, and beauty in it. Yeah, yeah. I wanted it to be bold and I wanted it to be unapologetically black and I wanted it to be um, beautiful, but not in a way that's pretty, not in mm. a way that kind of... Mm. What, what do you mean when you say pretty? That sounds pretty. interesting. That's dope. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, because pretty is cool, but pretty is cheap, you know? Mm. Pretty is cheap and I wanted it to be regal and something that you couldn't, something that you just had to respect. respect and it's also not, it feels like it's not to the male gaze as well. Like it's not uh, to like it's not like look at how like to that word of pretty as yeah. a loaded term, like it's it's about the people who and the the images of it. It's not about like try. It's not about attractiveness in that way. Yeah, I just wanted it to be impactful. I wanted it to you know kind of imprint on you. And I think that with the scale and um, you know the bold contrast, yeah. I really wanted it to make an impression. Well, and I think it succeeded like without a doubt it might think it seems like things have been great like when we were going back and forth on email about getting you up here you're like well the inbox has been more full in the last month than yeah. ever man, um would have been some surprises man, in terms of the response ah. oh my god the biggest surprise which i'm i have to go check out right now my work is actually in the windows of mokata museum in brooklyn oh that's wow. that's yeah and they're that's the, like they're the best bless my life right now i wow. just i'm so happy about that and there have been so many other blessings um a lot of press uh on the internet couple of south african magazines uh that my work has been featured in it's just this work once i created it it's like it just has been pushing itself it's been paying <clears> itself <throat> forward and i couldn't have asked for a better response yeah. just i mean there's so many things like i say i'm so grateful yeah. for the response and i think more also what i would like to talk about is more than just like the content of the picture right like the the, the braids themselves are kind of like the history that and and the like the social attachment that that comes to what is evoked but also like the composition of the photography 
is really powerful and moving. So I think it's it's amazing that not only did you braid the hair, but then like the the interdisciplinary aspect of it of what you're talking about, and also how, if I'm not mistaken, I've also seen you in some of the pictures. So how? No, no, no not in any, none uh, of those were your head. No, none of them uh, are me. Uh, uh, well, I didn't I didn't want to be in this that, project. Excuse that question. No, it's okay. But but the, the, the I mean, composition I think that, of the photography. Uh, one, is, I, is, is, yeah. I think I I did a Hunger TV did a. Uh, it's a, a, U, a UK magazine. They did a feature, and I gave them a behind-the-scenes photo. Mm. But you can't see me. Okay. And it, well, you you can just kind of see the outline of me. But I think that my arm is blocking my face because I'm like fixing some braids. Who are the folks in the pictures? Uh, the people in the photos are uh, mostly women that are my friends that I've known mm. um, through the Afrocentric community that I came up in. Uh, I, I'm. I've come. I am a result of the Institute for Positive Education in my early life, and then even when I what what what, what is that? Let's pause. The Institute that. for Positive yeah. Education uh, is a I guess the brainchild of uh, Haki Matabuti and mm-hmm. a bunch of people who contributed, uh, such as my parents, uh, Larry and Shalewa Crow. Um, but the school that I went to was called New Concept Development Center, and it really was a new concept uh, of an Afrocentric based curriculum, um, uh, vegetarian meals. Wow. Um, yeah, it's Where a model. It? Where was it? Or Where is, it, uh, still, it still exists. A okay, uh, new great. concept now exists, but it has since expanded to become the uh, Betty Shabazz International Charter School oh, organization. Oh, okay. So there are a few schools under that umbrella. And uh, since it's charter, it's definitely a lot broader than it was before. It used mm. to be very, um, you know, it was only people who were interested that were sending their kids there. So now there are still that core group of people, but there are also people from the community who are able to become inducted into this village. So that's great because it, it really gives kids that haven't really had like a, a real, um, got the chance to experience that, Phenomena, which it really is, because it's truly a village. Wow, we talk Support about system. education almost weekly up here, maybe every other week. And alternative education specifically, yeah. and it's like almost always sad and depressing. And that was like the first like light array of hope, <laughs> especially in Chicago, of like what's happening with our school system. It's like yeah. we need to know a little bit more about. Like, I, I you just encouraged me to know that oh, like yeah. that that school has withstand it and that it is expanded. Yeah, it has changed of course, but it it still exists and I think that the model is uh one that I'm for 100% because I am a product of that school. Um Ayende Carbon is a oh, product homie. of that school. Uh, oh, okay, Jihad. Yeah, Jihad is a product yeah, of that school. Word, His word. mom is an administrator in the word, school word. system. I mean, um, uh, a lot of the 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 best people that I know have come from that school. Mm. And we are really a family. Yeah. For real, like they're like my extended brothers and sisters, and we call each other brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, teachers are mama and baba because that's you know any adult that's you know you're in the care of is kind of taking becoming a surrogate in that way. Being in that space, and were you in that space like all the way coming up? Uh, no, I only attended the school physically from my mom was a teacher when I was born, so I was mm-hmm. there from through infancy until I was maybe about four. And then for kindergarten, I went to another school and then went to a few other schools. Were there any, like, when you stepped into those kind of more uh, traditional school spaces, like, were there, do you remember, and this is obviously looking way back, any, like, gaps between, like, how you were communicating and thinking and, like, how your young classmates were too? Like, how did you, and, and, like, learning how to bridge those gaps, because that is, like, the most formative time. Yeah, I think that I noticed a difference. I don't really, you know, I don't recall my ac- exact <laughs> thoughts as a five-year-old. No, I would but... like specific <laughs> memories. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, I definitely remember a difference, and it was just because I had come from a very 
close Afrocentric group. So going into the world where I was still in a predominantly African-American group, I think I went to Brownell, had a great teacher. Um, her name was Miss Nyman. But, uh, shout out to her. Yeah, yeah shout yeah. out to her. I don't know where she is, gang, but gang. God bless her. Um, <laughs> yeah, but just noticing the difference in kids and just noticing that everybody didn't come from that mm. and everybody didn't know that they were African and everybody mm. didn't <laughs> went vegetarian and had natural hair, you know? Mm. It was a, a difference, but it was cool because it just you know, allow me to understand that there's more, but there's still value in everything and everybody has a chance to learn together and grow together. Was there a kind of entry into arts education as part of that too? Because you're talking about interdisciplinary art and that's obviously like so ingrained in who you are and what you do now. Was that part of that kind of educational structure? Uh, yeah, we had art. Um, my my father was an artist, so I was immersed in the arts no matter what. Cause what I had, type of art did, did he do My dad is an illustrator, and he's a photographer as well, but he's most known for his illustrations, and he does uh, watercolor paintings too. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll, we'll take a break in a second and hear, hear a song, but I'm a little curious, like, in, in terms of early exposure or continuing to build a relationship with creating things, uh, where were some of the spaces, what were some of the things that you were excited to be making, let's say, like, through your teens and stuff like that? Wow, my team, man, I went to Whitney Young. Whitney Young has uh, a very, very blessed arts program, although it's not an art school. What year did you graduate? I graduated in 07. Okay. 07. Are you Allende's class? Yeah. Word, word, okay, mm -hmm. word. Yep. And so, and so I didn't mean to interrupt you. But oh, no, yeah, it's okay. And so you had a great so, well, arts education? That, yeah. Man, I took, at Whitney Young, I took intro to art. I took video production, made some crazy videos in that class. I took um, honors drawing and painting. Um learned a lot there then i went to senior year i did a thing where i went to gallery mm -hmm. i only went to whitney young for half a day got out at noon then i went downtown to gallery uh 37's mm -hmm. um yeah. headquarters mm -hmm. and then i took uh honors mixed media and i made a bunch of crazy stuff in there i made like some some really political stuff too that i really didn't i didn't realize how political it was but in retrospect it's like damn like i like made what, this like what what do you mean yeah. i mean we had to make a, a vessel out of clay and it had to be something that if someone were to find to dig up years later they'd be able to you know like a time capsule right, right, right. so it was at the time where north korea was giving us like frequent bomb threats and i would be sitting inside of whitney young which is a totally glass building mm. imagining the world around me just blowing the fuck mm. oh blowing up <laughs> we got beef with the fcc oh. we, we, we need at least oh, okay. one slip of uh, blowing <laughs> blowing up so i decided to make a pot and i made the pot the top of the pot was a mushroom cloud and that plugged into the the base of the vessel. The the handles were two guns, mm. like two handguns, and then it had like missiles on the bottom of them, and then flying into clouds. I have it at home still. It's a beautiful yeah, piece. That sounds dope. Post that on. on Instagram. Yeah, Do I got. I'll take a picture. Let's get a little throwback yeah. Thursday on that. <laughs> so we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more. Uh, but I want to. I wanted to make sure I was going to play this last week. We yeah. didn't. We ran out of time. So Jasmine Barber, who's one of the first guests on the show. Uh, has taken a strong foray into the rapping world. Jay uh, Bambi. Yeah, one of her first tracks that she put out over the Most Def Auditorium Instrumental. This is Black Girl in the Auditorium. We'll be right back here on Ergo WHPK, ergoradio.com. You see that my heart 
is irregular. All the pain is supposed to build character. Hard times for a black girl in America. Where to go when nobody kept me. Apologizing for the obsidian in my skin. The media line telling me who I am as a sin. I feel the pleated blood, steeping patience running thin. Can't you see that I could be whatever's locked within? Witnessing the genocide of all my sisters. You only matter when you fit the Eurocentric picture. Born into a country that's always trying to fix you. Unoriginal, just a room of Kylie Jenner. How you fucking with a copy but not the beginner? I came from the earth, Iggy came out of a printer. Take her back to say she died since she don't remember. Think you far removed, I'll remind you with the splinters. Black girls vanish, wonder if they miss you. Take away our freedom, making money off our members. Take another soul, we gon' rock the epicenter. Killing me is killing God. You read the wrong scripture. What it is, you know, we know what it is. They know, y'all know what it is. Black magic, there it is. What it is, you know, we know what it is. They know, y'all know what it is. Black girls, there it is. You can parade me. Use my vagina to only birth babies. See your damn doing distress to where brother can save me. Hmm. How about not? Consider my tongue with the trigger. You would have been shot. Get real. I'ma stay inappropriate till I fucking ride. Get ride. If she walking in the truth, know they gon' beat her. Tell us when the guy get prayed on by the preachers. Fuck the sugar coating. No more euphemisms. I'm the bitch who told the truth, claiming womanism. And why ain't hip hop defend little Kim? Media, miseducation, won't you go within? Treat us like humans, give us off the skin, let us come together, end the dissonance. Ruin yourself with the hyper-masculinity, ripping me apart, I'm not the fucking enemy. We more than female kids, smooth legs and cool melodies. Believe us when we hurt, love is the only remedy. Show me that you care for me, hold my heart carefully. Creating prototypes, hoping that you death for me. Black girls unite, protect the whole legacy. Can't finish a race without us, love is for longevity. What it is, you know. We know what it is, they know, y'all know what it is, black magic, there it is, uh, 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 what it is, you know, we know what it is, they know, y'all know what it is, black girls, there it is, uh, 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 what it is, you know, we know what it is, they know, y'all know what it is, black magic, there it is, uh, 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 what it is. That's that joint, man. She went crazy. Uh, that's Jay Bambi. This is Ergo Radio. We on WHBK 88.5 here with Shani Crow. Uh, so I want to go back a little bit. You said that, um, right, like photography is like a legacy thing for you in some regards, yeah. that your father was a photographer. When, when did it, it go from like you you seeing your father or you, you, you understanding and being comfortable and respecting photography to you being like intentional? Like, this is my camera and I am... I am a photographer. Like this is this is what I do. When, when did that moment kind of happen? Well, I grew up with a camera around all the time. My dad would videotape everything or photograph everything. There are countless photographs of me and my brother growing throughout our the process of growing up. So it was something I was comfortable with, and he would shoot film. You know, primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, he just got a digital camera, I think, recently. <laughs> but um, you it was have, like boxes of old. Fo- I yes, just cut you off. Boxes so and boxes yeah. of photographs, and I think some of them got like lost in a basement flood. But my oh, dad was always the person who he documented a lot that happened with the Institute for Positive Education. Mm. He was uh, the go-to photographer for um, a lot of what was happening during that time. Uh, you know, around just yeah. building a black community. 
So he's he's got like archives. And um, for me, uh, because I grew up around it, I kind of took that on. Later in high school, I would be the kid that took pictures at all the parties and everybody would look to me to put the photos on Facebook. I was, <laughs> that's who I was. I was the documentarian for everything. Like, that used to be the thing. Like, there was <laughs> right. one camera. You got a camera? Right. Ooh, send me that. <laughs> be like a, a three megapixel camera, you know. <laughs> yeah. On the on the flip phone too, though, right. where you like oh have to squint God. to see and the, the picture's <laughs> tiny. Yeah. Or yeah. that actual like digital camera you had to like oh, with, plug with it. Front slide. You had to either like plug it into the computer or like yeah. take the chip out and mm-hmm. stuff yeah. yeah absolutely and then um when i got to college i minored in photography and then i started oh, okay. to to work with film you know where'd uh, you go to school i went to howard word, word. howard university i'm a, a product the mecca, of, as they call yes the mecca <laughs> the real hu as some people call it uh yeah john h johnson school of communications um and i minored in photography in the fine arts building and that was great because um, working in a dark room is something that I really, really like to do. Mm-hmm. And for this project, although I did shoot digital, um, I wanted to kind of get the richness to try to capture some of the richness that I remember from printing in a dark room, um, which just has made film photography really important to me. I got to yeah. get back to it because it's beautiful. If anybody's never taken a dark room course or just just really try it, it's magic. It's chemical magic. Right do you know of any places where people could could learn that? Uh, I think that there I have to look into it but I know that there's like a Chicago conservatory for photography or something like that I don't know what it's called but it's up north and I know that they offer classes and there are several places in the city if you just google yeah you know you have the power people yeah, it's, it's an interesting the power is in your hands it's an interesting <laughs> thing though because it does require resources and space and stuff like it that does. but I, but in terms of like like you said the richness of the image and stuff yeah. like it changes the game yeah um so were you thinking, let's say, when you're getting to college and you're doing these things, you're like, all right, I'm about to be an artist. Like, this is the this is the path. What are you thinking? So I studied film production in school. That was my major. And I minored in photography. And I knew that I wanted to make um, films or art because I'd always made art. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really know how that was going to piece together for me as far as a job. I guess I... Honestly, I never really thought about it all the way. And I think that it's because... That's love, actually. Yeah, I think that it's because I never really saw myself working for anybody else. I mean, I I knew that I had a lot of ideas. And I guess I just had blind faith that they would pay off in some way. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I, I tried to apply for jobs. Jobs that I was probably overqualified for but didn't get, yeah. which is weird. And then that was discouraging. But then it's great that it worked out that way because I was able to put my all into developing this project and I will continue to build on this project in the future. I want to, we'll get to like what the next things are (laughs) and what you're excited to make. But I'm thinking about what you just said about not just the plan being, I'm not working for anyone else. Yeah. And that model of, you know, which could be described as entrepreneurship or just self building a structure for yourself to thrive in in the same way that you're talking about generationally seeing. Um, And I think and, and maybe it's a bit of a stretch, but I'm thinking about the connection between braiding as entrepreneurship and also being like uh, a, a space of entrepreneurship for black women that is like functioning and thriving. Uh, and but also like some of the the politics around that. Right. So like if the biggest figure that's up on the wall is Madam C.J. Walker, who, you know, it, it's a very different direction in terms of you know, some of the stuff we were talking about before with respectability politics. Uh, there's the artist piece, and then there's also the, like, figuring out how to make a life for yourself piece. Um, do you think about some of the, like, 
entrepreneurial aspects of that, you know, in an artist and learning from that model? Yeah, I mean, for my speaking for myself personally, braiding has been uh, a great way to make money for me. Um, and I was making money young. I didn't I never had to ask my parents for money. I always had money because I braided hair every weekend. You know, outside of my school schedule, I always had clients and I always saved my money because I wasn't I didn't have any expenses, really. <laughs> you know, I might want to go to the mall and buy like a shirt. <laughs> but, <laughs> that was the simple answer of my to my question is, yeah, like, do you make money off there? Yeah, yes. you make money off there. Yeah. yeah, I do. And it's, it's strange because at this point, because uh, the success of my art and I, I really have been braiding for a long time. I'm, I'm I'll be 27. I'm 26. And I've been braiding since I was about 10 or 11. So that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have that much that much experience, although I don't, I'm still fairly young. Yeah. Uh, so I'm at a point where I kind of have to adjust my prices because my prices are still pretty reasonable. So now it's just Low like, key, like a, a celebrity hair breaker. <laughs> right. So I'm like, I have to try to digest that and figure out how that's mm, going like, to yes. shape my work in the future. But I don't want to price anybody out because I like to be able to, to make women, you know, beautiful. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I, if I couldn't do my own hair, I couldn't afford me if I raise my prices, right. you know. Mm. So Ooh, I want to try to put maintain. that on a shirt. I can't afford me. Yeah. <laughs> but then I also have to, you know, get what I'm worth. And yeah, I, right. I know yeah. that I have to, you know, the things have to pay off because life costs money. Mm. Um, so just trying to mar- marry all these things in a way that makes sense to me and allow me to continue you know, maybe I'll start. I really would would like to teach young women about braiding because it is a great entrepreneurial yeah. tool. And in the age of you know these people on Instagram with all these fake butts and all of these like Louboutins and expensive like materials that people are modeling their life after, but these people are low key prostitutes. Mm. Some majority of the time, like it's really a really low aspiration, although it seems like a high aspiration because the materials are expensive, but the life is really low. And I really want women to be able to take things into their own hands and be able to feel proud of what they're doing. And I think that braiding is a great way to teach young, young women to be able to, you know, manage a business on a small scale. And then it could grow to a really large scale later. And then on the other side, on the, on the, like the supposedly high aspiration of having it be in a gallery was there any like um any tension or thought process for you around like uh you know when you when you have these very kind of stark images of these people who are your friends and it is kind of divorced for some folks who don't have an understanding of the context it could be divorced from context there like was there any feeling weird of like kind of presenting this form that's so connected to like how you think about who you are uh to to the world kind of removed from context like the way the galleries always do basically like they take art that comes from a place and they put it on a pedestal in a place without the context and then call it new right (laughs) yeah (laughs) well or how have you been able to protect your work from that right Um, because once you put it out there people can take it in different places well i don't know judging by you know, when I put it out, I didn't know. I thought it would resonate mostly with black women. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has, but it's resonated with everyone that's seen it. Yeah. Uh, so many people have approached me that I didn't know the work would, you know, hit them on a visceral level and told me how much they feel it. And that's important to me. And so far, everything has been good. I don't, I mean, of course, there may be, you know, somebody may not understand it. Or, yeah. I mean, in the con- the context, for me, I've been able to work 
uh, very closely with the people that are displaying my work. Yeah. So I think that the context is somewhat present no matter what. But whenever I can on a grassroots level, like talk to people about my work, I do. Yeah. And uh, some spaces where my work is, my artist statement is there too to try to okay. give you a little bit of background. Yeah. But I think that, you know, doing things like this helps. If mm. anyone is interested, you know, they can hear some this more of the forever. backstory. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, or as long brought as to you I, by Ergo Radio. Or as, at least <laughs> right. as long as we pay our SoundCloud subscription. <laughs> Which, by the way, you can donate at Ergo Radio. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. And so, and so what are, do you have, like, I hear how you're saying, like, some of these things have come naturally and, like, it really wasn't a plan that brought you here. It was just, like, you doing your work and, and the synergy of, of you being interdisciplinary, as you describe it. Uh, but do you have any, now that you have you know, obtain more, uh, the juice, a, a larger platform <laughs> and more power, i.e. the juice. Like, do you have plans on, on how you going to distribute that juice or where you're going to go from here or what you want to, what you, what you trying to do now? Yeah. I mean, the juice is great because <laughs> I have a lot of other creative juice that I'm just waiting to splash on everybody. So, um, having more of a, a way to reach people is yeah. absolutely beneficial because I know from this, this, this project is not uh, a standalone piece. It's just a first installment and a continuation mm. of portraits that I want to do. Um, do I want to do a red, black and green series in color, of course. And then I want to do a rainbow series. I want to work with um, little girls as well as uh, women, but they will always be black women, uh, no matter what black females, I should say, no matter what, just because, that's my experience. Um, and for this particular body of work, it's a very personal one. So I would only work with black women. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, just stay tuned. I, and I want to make a book eventually. So uh, over the next uh, two to three years, once I feel like this work is complete, I will release a book and may contain a few of my poetry works too. I write Ooh. haikus. <laughs> haikus specifically? Yeah, I love haikus. My first art show was called Haiku, but it was spelled uh, H-I-G-H-C-O-U-P, like coup d'etat. That's like, so wrong. <laughs> you took off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. That's so. what's up. So I feel like we could trans transition to a couple of the games that yeah, we played yeah, that we yeah, haven't yeah, played yeah. in a minute. Uh, so let's go, uh, let's go first to a minute all first. Right. All right, all right. So yeah, this this game, and I'm gonna let him go first. But I'm gonna explain it. Uh, you can't hear it right now, but but underneath we got the instrumental "All Falls Down" playing. Okay. Uh, and so we feel like these these other podcasts and radio show hosts they don't keep it 100 like we do here on Ergo Radio. So we started <laughs> this uh, new game of being vulnerable. <laughs> and, and so you know, uh, we're all self conscious. We're just the first to admit it. So so every other week or so, uh, Daniel and I we we share an insecurity. Uh, and we welcome you to either comment on them or to join in in this act of vulnerability. But it comes from security. a place of love. And yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And That's agency. Cool. So you don't have to if you don't want to. Uh, but we are going to we are going to kick it off. And I'm gonna put you put you on first. What's up? Ooh. Hmm. So all right, there's I, I can go the like the easiest route. I'm gonna go the easiest route since I didn't have one set. And then in a couple of weeks we'll come with something even more personal. I've I've previously shouted out my chin. Uh, but the real issue currently has been struggling with multicolored facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> so those of you, <laughs> you can't see this at all. Red, it's a blog. So look, we, we have we have a, a, a veritable rainbow in the beard, but it's not Dennis Rodman's choice. It's like it's blonde in the mustache, it's red on the sides, and then it's brown under the chin, and uh, it also it just started connecting. Right? And so I've always been like, I've never had like a beard beard. I've always said like I could if I would. I mean, I would if I could. Um, 
So it's now starting to fill in, but it's still multicolored, and I keep going back and forth between should I shave it all off or should I just let my face be what it is. Uh, so yeah, the fact that I have... Oh, and on the air, Britton A. Black Rose Capri on one of our previous episodes said my beard was translucent. <laughs> Only the mustache is translucent. The rest of it has multiple colors. So that's... I'm the first to admit that I have a multicolored beard. But it's cool because it's like ombre, though. It's, it, it's a nice gradient. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it yeah. looks like a yeah, like a like an old like tequila sunrise design <laughs> yeah. where it fades. I think I think that that was my favorite joke. And, and I'm sorry that I laughed at you. This isn't it's a joke. A this is serious. When she said, I just had I didn't life. know that that was something y'all had, so it just surprised me to hear that that word or that language used. I'm I'm gonna go physical as well. Uh, my nose. I have like a, a, a like a fam like the men in my family, my grandfather, my father, my uncle. We have like large, robust noses. Yeah, but <laughs> your nose looks perfect with your face, though. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've grown it to it as well. It has, uh, you have a very nice so nose. So thank you, thank you. I mean, I, I am comfortable. I'm, I've grown in comfort with it because I understood that it was white supremacy holding me down. You know what I'm saying? And power to my people. But but for you know like you know to to date, I you know could get teased on on the size of my nose and when you know. When uh, yeah, you know, I, I want to be the light skinned you know, kid with braids. I want to be Lil Bow Wow. Lil Bow Wow have a big nose. It's basically <laughs> at the end of the day. Much love to Lil Bow Wow. No love to Bow Wow. <laughs> Bow Wow and Shambos get no love. But mu much love to Lil Bow Wow era. So you can either That's you can either comment on our ours or you can you can contribute as well. And oh. it doesn't have to be physical. It could just be something else you've been thinking about that you're wrestling with. No, it it I'll comment and it's kinda in the same vein of what you guys are talking about. Um because I've had to talk about my work a lot and because it started with a three arts video where I had to for my three arts campaign, which is a the way that I was able to fund this project, this mm -hmm. braids project, they did a video of me and like, I just can't watch it. Like, cause my face, when I talk, I have very expressive eyebrows and they're just <laughs> jumping around the whole time. Expressive and eyebrows. then something about when you're on video, it's like a mirror image of your mm -hmm. face. So my mm -hmm. face looks like it's askew. And then my eyebrows are just doing a lot. And that's just been a challenge, like watching myself and hearing myself. Mm, and it's something that I kind of don't want to do. I read that like Johnny Depp doesn't watch his movies. I don't listen to these podcasts. Yeah, like I, I, I feel you because it. it's, it's strange to like yeah. to be yourself and then to see yourself outside of yourself is weird. I do think though there's like a, a distinction between seeing your face or being on camera. And like, I think you can become, obviously you can become more comfortable with each, um, but hearing your own voice is less I, at least for me it's been like less about like noticing imperfections and more about like just oh that's what i sound like because we do sound different <laughs> but i think when there's a camera like you can never divorce yourself from thinking about like what you're what you look like or you know how it, it differs from the vision you have yourself it's why i like radio to be honest and yeah. it's interesting because you you take pictures of other people yeah so 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 does it is is from that that relationship of understanding what it looks like on the other side or or being a part of the production make it difficult for you to be the subject of it uh yeah i don't want to be the subject <laughs> definitely because I, I am my own biggest critic as everyone is their own mm -hmm. biggest critic and I, there's photographs of me that i like i'm not like i don't think i'm ugly all the time you know but i definitely am real picky and i want to be able to just give other people a chance to to shine and i want to honor the beauty among the women that i know and respect so yeah. that's what it's about it's about me in the sense that i'm creating it but not me as far as my image you know true have you ever done any self-portraiture uh i haven't done well that I probably think, will help yeah if maybe you wanna, if, if it's something you that's something to definitely look into because i uh 
I kind of want to be, I wanted to be in some of the promotional material for the project, but I ended up opting not to do that. But maybe in the future, I'll consider that. Um, you could also do a project where you do braids with people's eyebrows, since you're paying so much attention to that. <laughs> just as an option, just throwing it out there. We're spitballing ideas. You know? And I, I braid my own hair all the time, so I mean, uh, I need to start documenting my I, own I might have to process. like hit you up and like rebel against my mom this is, yeah i was <laughs> I looking think, at your hair I like, like you i might have the live now to like i used to like i used to like have like a like a like a, a, a like a, a like fro fro back in the day you know like the like the picked, picked out, out yeah. perfect fro and i really didn't want a fro but i had it for like four or five years i just would like grow my hair so if my mom slipped like i would be ready to get the braids <laughs> that's really what it was about for people who know me back from like just my middle case. school fro days so uh so we're gonna switch now to we got about like three or four games that we we have played uh but this one right here um i think is is our is our paramount it's our top it's our top game and it, it is the most important and it's a service to our community you know okay. what i'm saying we 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 at ergo radio we're all about accountability um and, and as I say, I feel like there is a sect of the world, a very specific population that has run amok. And, and, and nobody has called them out. Uh, and there's no mechanism <laughs> to hold them accountable. So we are creating that structure here at Ergo Radio because I'm not going for it no more because I, I, the, the foolness has to stop. Um, so the game is called Beef with the R&B Singer. Every, every, <laughs> every week so I, I i'll say this because I, I feel like uh my position may be confused for people who have been listening to ergo radio for a while i love r&b music which is probably why i i i i've taken up this crusade um because i because i think now as a hist as a result of the history it's just gone too far um and is disconnected from what it's supposed to be so what we do is we ask you from any era of r&b from motown all the way down to like the latest bryson tiller song right like like you have to choose one r&b singer that you are going to hold accountable or, or group for that matter Ooh, or group i like that i like that we need to add that language more intentionally that you need to hold accountable you have the option to do it out of love you know what i'm saying somebody might say i.e like oh frank ocean needs to come out with a new album i love him so oh, okay. much uh but then you know i i encourage the harsh unloving criticism that's, that's what that's what I, that's what i want we about that action here we got beef what's I good wish i had more time beef with RB. i know that they're uh, I know, I know that there are some people that I can you throw out one just so, I so like I mean the game started by somebody mentioning R. Kelly and oh, like okay. I was like no and we I went on the tirade of R. Kelly uh, and then the next week somebody happened to say something about Christina Milian uh, and so Shut you know up. like R. Kelly and Chris Brown right like off bat are just like they should be regularly mentioned and they are regularly mentioned. Uh, and then, you know, something like, I don't know, uh, Genuine's baby hairs were petty in 98 or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But I love Genuine. Genuine, or, Genuine is classic. Or we may have already had one for the episode. This is a hot take. We already discussed the Mario to Mario transition. Oh, yeah. Mario. <laughs> so, I mean, if. if no, we're not letting you off the hook. You got you to gotta oh, call somebody man, out. We're, gotta we're call not going to do the work yeah. for you. I tried. I really okay. tried. Who am I going to call? I mean, a lot of the. Definitely a lot of music out there, just generally speaking, is um, just taking on the characteristics of like rap, mm -hmm. you know, in like, some of the some of the bad characteristics where, you know, you got the. It just seems to be absent of the love that R and B mm -hmm. used to have, and just the kind of tact in describing sex and sexual stuff. Call, call somebody out. Who's yeah. done it? Who's and done it? Let me get one. It? Man, just ah, oh, I can't. Like, I don't listen to a lot True. of current R and B. True. Because I don't 
see myself in it. <laughs> word, word, <laughs> well, let's let me we'll reframe then rather than beef lift up. Is there anyone who you think does capture like some element of like love very accurately? I know this isn't what you wanted, Dan. Uh, I accept love. Uh, <laughs> Begrudgingly. <laughs> Man, I'm just I, I feel like I'm just letting this whole topic down, but oh, I just sorry. love you. Friends. are. <laughs> no, I'm playing. It's tremendous cool. for 57 minutes, but we're. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm playing. I'm playing. You're great. Um, how about you, Dame? You wanna yeah, you wanna throw beef at somebody? Um, Trey Song. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some beef at Trey Songs. I, oh, go oh, ahead. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Here yes. we go. All right, I'll say I, Kim's voice. Like I just. Oh I yes, yes. I can't, <laughs> yes, I can't with Kim. Yes. And My you know, loves Kim. When love calls your name, that was all right. But after now, that, she cool it with all that. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then all of these um <laughs> these people that are returning to the R and B scene that were classic, you know, had classics, and now they are they have allowed their talent to be belittled by the state of the market. I'm gonna give you a. I'm gonna give you one. Here's here's another one. Brian McKnight. Remember when he oh, came out with that, that? Let me show you how yeah, your pss, no, works. Yeah. Come on, G. You Brian that's, McKnight. Like, how you sound? Yeah, come on, Brian McKnight. Like, All that's, right. That's terrible. And I just encourage everybody that if, you, if you're already operating on a level that's, you know, high, just stay there. Don't try to become, you know, new and fresh and cool because yeah. that shit is cheap. Yeah. That's good advice for RB and beyond. I'm going to even, <laughs> I'm going to even, I'm going to break the rules and just for the sake before we get out of here, yeah. throw in somebody else who needs to be uh, shamed at every turn when I can. LL Cool J. Not an R&B singer, Aww, but I just wow. I just have no love for LL Cool J. We'll None? talk about this on a later week. <laughs> None? We'll, ta- we'll talk about this at our post-show. Shout out to our sponsor, Lighthouse Grill, 1373 East 53rd. We about to go treat our guests to a meal. Where can they find you? We get we gave out the IG oh, earlier, I but all the social media platforms a, and all of the places where your work can be seen. My website is shawneecrow.com, S-H-A-N-I-C-R-O-W-E.com. And I am Crowzilla, Crow with an E. Crow like the bird, but with an E, think Russell Crow. Um, and no, I think Shiny Crow. Yeah, think Shiny Crow. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and I have Crowzilla Styles with an E Z instead of a S. And that's a, a page that houses a lot of my braid work. Not as much, but I will be updating it soon with she, more. That's photos. why she didn't go with Trey Songs, because she also has the Z on the Well, we right. appreciate you so much. Uh, I've shared space with you a few times. It's good to like really get to know yeah, you. Yeah, it's so good I, to talk I, to I you, appreciate too. and respect you. Thanks for you. having me. Thanks for coming. We are Ergo Radio. This is WHBK 88.5. Follow us at Ergo Radio on all the platforms. Ergo Daniel on Twitter and IG. Damon underscore AF on Twitter and IG. I also wanted to send a very, very warm shout out to our own black shining prince, El Haj Malik Shabazz. Today is his birthday. Shout out Malcolm X, y'all. Much love to the people. We'll be back next week with another strong young voice from Chicago and beyond. Peace. Peace.